Hi, I'm William Earnhardt, and I'm here to share with you the gospel in the light of the cross. A very uh, inspired author once wrote, The sacrifice of Christ as an atonement for sin is the great truth around which all other truths cluster. In order to be rightly understood and appreciated, every truth in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation must be studied in the light that streams from the cross of Calvary. I present before you the great grand monument of mercy and regeneration, salvation and redemption, the Son of God uplifted on the cross. This is to be the foundation of every discourse given by our ministers. Gospel Workers, page 315. So today, let's take a look at salvation in the light of the cross. Why why is it important to know the truth about salvation? Well, in pagan religions, man makes the sacrifices to obtain the pleasure and acceptance of his quote-unquote God. Some pagan tribes have offered up human sacrifices just to make the sun rise the next day. They also brought gifts for their gods to gain their love and blessing. In Christianity, it is the exact opposite. Our God sacrifices himself on the cross to obtain not his, but our pleasure and acceptance. While we were the guilty ones, he did not wait for us to bring a gift or peace offering, but made himself the peace offering. Revelation 12 tells us of a war in heaven, not with machine guns and tanks, but a war of the minds. Isaiah 14 tells us Satan wanted God's seat to the point where he was willing to kill God himself to get it. He convinced a third of the angels that it would be in the best interest of the universe if he was in control rather than God. Satan came to this earth and in Genesis 3 convinced Eve and thus mankind that he was more interested in our welfare than God was. For years, a great controversy has raged over who has our best interest in mind. And the cross answers that question, letting us know that it is God who has our best interest in mind and gave his son to save us. This is why understanding salvation in light of the cross is so important. The cross settles the controversy of who has our best interest in mind once and for all. At the cross, we see the true character of both God and Satan. While we see Satan manipulating men to kill God, we see a tyrant who is willing to kill anyone who gets in his way of being number one. In contrast, we see a God who's willing to give his life to save the world. The cross shows us who is really interested in our welfare and who is just using us as pawns for his own selfish purpose. While Satan pretended to be on our side and acting in our best interest, we see what he's really up to. We can see that God, whom Satan claimed did not really care about us, is actually at peace with us and on our side. Let's take a look at 1 John chapter 5 
verse 13. And I'm reading by the New Living Translation, uh, by the way. There's a question I always like to ask people when I'm studying the plan of salvation. And that is, if Jesus were to come today, would you be saved? And I've gotten a lot of different answers, like people saying, oh, I hope so, maybe not, or I think so, or maybe. But you know what? God doesn't want us thinking maybe. In 1 John 5.13, John writes, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. God doesn't want us hoping or wondering if we have eternal life. God wants us to know that we have eternal life. Now, for for the sake of our discussion, if you were standing before God and he were to ask you, why should I allow you into my kingdom? What would you say? And I say this for the sake of our discussion, because the fact is God wants you in his kingdom. God's not going to be saying, why should I let you in? He wants you in. But just for the sake of our conversation, if uh, if God were to say, why should I let you into my kingdom? What would you say? And uh, again, I've had several different answers when I asked that question. I've had people say, oh, well, I've always tried to do what's right. Well, I think to myself, that's very commendable because I don't think I've even always tried to do what was right. Or I've heard people say, well, I kept the commandments or, or I did good. Um, and then I also hear people say, because Jesus died for me, I should be in the kingdom. And that is the right answer. That is the exact right answer. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And again, that's from Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. I oftentimes ask people, would you like to know what I would say if God were to ask me why he should let me into his kingdom? And so far, everybody said, yes, we would like to know what what you would say. Well, here's what I would do. I would not even answer the question. I would just point over to Jesus and I would say, ask him. And here's what Jesus would say. Jesus would say, William doesn't deserve to be in our kingdom. But I died the death that William deserved so William can have the life that I deserve. Jesus would say, I took the punishment for William's sins in which I had no share, so William can have the reward of my righteousness in which he had no share. You see, Jesus was treated the way we deserve, so we can be treated the way he deserves. And we see this in a, uh, a passage from a great classic on the life of Christ uh, called The Desire of Ages, page 25. It says, Christ was treated as we deserve, that we might be treated as he deserves. He was condemned for our sins in which he had no share, 
that we might be justified by his righteousness in which we, (coughs) I'm sorry, he was condemned for our sins in which he had no share, that we might be justified by his righteousness in which we had no share. He suffered the death which was ours, that we might receive the life which was his. And again, that's Desire of Ages, page 25. So we see that we're saved by grace. Well, why do I need grace? Well, let's take a look at Romans 3.23. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Well, so we've all sinned. So what? Well, let's take a look at uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, and, and we'll see what the big deal is about the fact that we've all have sinned. Romans 6.23 reads, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now the good news here is that the wages of sin is not eternal torment in hell. The wages of sin is death. John 3.16 says, For whosoever believes in him should not perish not burned forever and ever in hell. But what we see here is that sin causes death. Well, if sin causes death, then it's important for us to find out what sin is, right? Well, let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 reads, Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. Now here's the good news. It's not a sin to be human. It's not a sin to be weak or to be tempted. It is a sin to knowingly and willfully break God's law. As a matter of fact, Jesus says in John chapter 9, verse 41, that we're only held accountable for the things that we are aware of as sin. So sin is a choice, not a human condition. It is a choice. When we choose to break God's law, that is sin. And it says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Well, how many times do I have to sin then to deserve death? Well, we look at the Garden of Eden and we see that Adam and Eve ate from the tree that they were told not to one time and because of that one time they had to die Jesus had to come and die for them so that they could have the hope of eternal life and so that that one time is all it takes and and what we see here too is that uh, God's law is still in effect When people say, oh, we've got grace, we don't need to keep the law. Well, wait a minute. If there's no law, I don't need grace. Because if there's no law, I can't break the law. And if I can't break the law, I can't sin. And if I can't sin, I don't need grace. The fact that we need grace shows us there's still a law. And by breaking it one time... We deserve death. If I run a stop sign one time, 
that one time uh, I can get a ticket. That one time I could have hit and hurt somebody. And again, that is the whole purpose of the law is consideration of other people. You know, it really bothers me when I hear people say things like, uh, be careful going through that school zone because traffic fines double in a school zone. How about be careful going through a school zone so that we don't hit and hurt a kid? You know, that's the purpose of the law is consideration for other people. But like we just saw, that one time we break the law makes us deserve death. Well, if we were to stop sinning right now, we've still sinned enough times to make us deserve death. So how does God deal with that? Well, we go to Romans chapter 5, verse 10. And in Romans chapter 5, verse 10, we read, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So what we see here is that I'm not only saved by Jesus' death on the cross, I'm saved by his life. I don't have a perfect life to offer, but my life, I'm sorry, Christ's life counts as my life and I now have lived a perfect life in Christ Jesus and this is uh, reiterated here in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 where it says for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we may be made right with God through Christ. Again, Christ who never sinned was made to be the offering for sin. Jesus died the death that we deserve so we can have the life that he deserves. Jesus was treated the way we deserve to be treated so we can be treated the way that he deserves to be treated. Jesus gives us eternal life and then helps us to hate the sins we now love and to love the good things that we now hate. And we see how the cross not only justifies us and not only pays the penalty for our sin, but the love from the cross also changes our hearts and helps us to love the righteousness of of Christ in 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 24 it says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right so Jesus not only died to forgive us our sins he died to help us live for what is right by his wounds you are healed. Again, that's First uh, Peter, chapter two, verse twenty-four. So again, Jesus was treated the way I deserve, so I can be treated the way He deserves. Friend, Jesus died the death that you deserve, so that you can have the life that He deserves. Friend, if you would like to accept this gift, I would like to pray with you. 
I would also love to hear from you. You can write to me at racer3 at gmail.com. Uh, you spell out the three, so that's R-A-C-E-R-T-H-R-E-E -E at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to pray with you right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for sending your Son to die the death that we deserve so that we can accept the life that your Son deserved. Lord, we ask for your Son to come into our heart through the Holy Spirit. Forgive us our sin. Give us that promise of eternal life so that we may know that we have eternal life. And also give us the power of your love so that we can live for what is right, so we can give all of our life to you because your son gave all of his life for us. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray, amen. God bless you. And again, if you would like more information about knowing Christ as your Savior, please write to me at racer3, R-A-C-E-R-T-H-R-E-E, racer3 at gmail.com. God bless you.